Hello and welcome to Adrian Has Issues. I'm Adrian, and welcome to another awesome mini-sode. Like any good podcaster, I'm going to start this episode off by spending the entire time rambling and ranting about my own personal life. Uh, you probably noticed there's been a lot of little to, I shouldn't say little to no activity. I mean, I've been trying to, like, you know, post them on Facebook, trying to keep you guys entertained with some memes or some posts about movies or anything else I'm doing, but you probably noticed there hasn't been a new episode in a while. Yeah, funny thing about that, this is going back the 28th of March, it was actually a Saturday, uh, me and some of my nearest and dearest were on a night out in the town, so to speak, uh, full of comedy and Chinese food and bars with really bad service, and it was a good time had by all. Um, closer to the end of the night, which was going to be a little after-party nightcap kind of thing, uh, for some reason, I my knee decided that, uh, yeah, it was tired of having to, like, carry my fat ass around, so it buckled, which caused me to not be able to walk for a good couple of days, a uh, couple of weeks, and only to find out that I tore my meniscus, which I think meniscus is a Greek term, which means it makes your knee not hurt when you move. Uh, so yeah, I'm gonna require surgery for all that, and I've, you know, been trying to keep it as mobile as possible, but I'm not gonna lie to you. Podcasting kind of sort of took a sidestep in the past few days, and it bones me out, because to tell you the truth, I love doing the show, and if it weren't for the fact that I need to, you know, have a day job and to shower and occasionally see people, I would do this all day, every day, so believe me, it bones me out there has been a new episode, and seeing as how... I haven't had the surgery yet, you know, hopefully once that is all taken care of and I don't have to go to as many doctors, I should be back in full form. So again, apologies for the lack of activity in new episodes. However, I will thank you guys for being patient and awesome for sticking with me. And um, I guess before I go on, you can check out the show at adrianhasissues.com. I'm on Stitcher, iTunes. I'm looking at maybe doing some other things with the show, but yeah, you can check me out there. And please, 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 if you are, if you really want to support the show and, you know, the best thing about supporting what you love in such a terms of entertainment and pop culture is letting other people know about it. So feel free to, of course, spread the word through word of mouth or you can use, I guess, please leave like some five star reviews on both iTunes and Stitcher. Leave a little blurb, tell us what you love about the show, tell us what you don't love about the show. Maybe there's something I could be doing better. Maybe you don't want to hear about my knee issues. Maybe you just want me to hear me talk about comics. But anyway, any feedback's welcome, but the better, the more reviews I get, the more stars, it also makes it easier for other people to find out what I'm up to. So please feel free to do that. I will say, though, it used to be back in the day that the summer season... I mean, in terms of pop culture, like, let's say summer movie season, or at least in terms of, yeah, the big stuff would probably come out, I would say Memorial Day used to be the old standby, like, Memorial Day weekend, like, that was your target, that's when you had to get everybody, that was your, get as many asses in those seats as possible in the theater, so, of course, that's when your big movie would be, but if you know anything about the summer, those seats uh, could be very crowded, and the thing is, everybody's trying to vie for your attention over the summer. Everybody's trying to tell you, um, yes, your summer reading list, uh, you're in school, done. Get rid of that. Have any pet projects you want to do while the kids are at day camp? Nope, done. You're not doing that. You're going to watch this. You're going to read this. So, 
summer movie season is a pretty big deal. And because it's so crowded, everything kind of got moved up where now May 1st or the first week of the May is just as big as Memorial Day weekend, if not bigger. And of course, this year, Avengers Age of Ultron once again is the big movie to beat this summer. The reason why I bring it up is this. Anyone who's seen the first Avengers movie is pretty much on board for this, I'd imagine. You don't make a movie as highly popular as Avengers without people basically, with, with people saying, all right, well, that was good. You know, I'm, I'm not really up to seeing anything else. You know, I'm just going to stay home and read, like, Wuthering Heights or something like that. You know, I'm not even going to bother with another Avengers. Once they said they were doing a sequel, which we knew they were going to, they teased the hell out of it. Um, everybody was pretty much there. So it's kind of surprising to me. Well, not even surprising. It's a little baffling, I should say, that the marketing the marketing has been what it is for this, and it's it's really kind of a drag because I really feel that this movie doesn't need to be promoted as heavily as it's been. Like there's Gillette razors and there's Avengers on Doritos, and every day there's a new TV spot and headlines spoiling things about a movie that's coming out within a week. It's a it's a real drag. And it's it sort of it bugs me because a movie like Age of Ultron doesn't need to sell itself. Now, okay, Ant Man, if you want to promote the hell out of Ant Man, it kind of makes sense because at that point, it's a harder sell. I mean, it's a character that I think a lot of people maybe not know. It's it's a little bit it's a little more obscure at this point. And to sell a movie where a guy is human sized and shrinks down and then occasionally becomes really big later on. You know, that you can, and of course, person who has the power to control ants is, you know, that that's kind of a little, it's a little out there. But we've seen Guardians of the Galaxy, so it's not that risky anymore. But at the same time, I can understand if you want to promote that, because again, it's a little, it's a little weird. But I, I feel that this press junket for Avengers Age of Ultron is a little crazy. Like, it's... Not in a way where it's like, oh my god, I don't want to see this movie anymore, but it's like, who wasn't, who's not seeing this? I mean, at this point, you're pretty much already resigned to saying, yes, I am all for the Avengers, I'm all for this. Or you're one of those people who are like, you know what, ah, it's not my cup of tea, not a fan of superhero movies. Or maybe you're like, you know, I like a good action movie, I'll see it when I get around to it. I don't see why it is that we're like literally just throwing this in your face, just so this close to the movie being you know, launched in the U.S., which I'm still kind of bummed out that we didn't get it first, but that's more of a personal grip than anything else. So Avengers is happening. But on the other end of Marvel, right now, Avengers Age of Ultron is is a thing, but that's only because we're this close to the premiere in the U.S. However, on the other side, um, where, you know, far from the aliens and Thanos and killer AI you know, running amok, you have a blind lawyer in Hell's Kitchen on Netflix who has pretty much taken, I wouldn't say the world by storm, but it's definitely taken the internet by storm, because first off, look, as we've discussed Daredevil multiple times before, but you have a, Netflix has never done a superhero show like this in terms of like, especially not a Marvel show, let's put it that way, Dave, Marvel has never done a show that hasn't been, like, let's say on ABC or Disney XD or something that they own. Like, this is kind of like those gambles where they've never done a show on Netflix. And they've also never done a show as, 
story driven or as dark and as just overall just it's a completely different vibe from Agents of Shield. This isn't the adventure of the day. This isn't oh who's gonna show up? Is it gonna be Purple Man or not Purple Man? I'm Absorbing Man, or is it gonna be Graviton? Who is it gonna be today? No, this is pretty much a 13-hour movie, pretty much of a a costume vigilante and a psychopath crime boss who both have this intent on changing Hell's Kitchen for what they consider to be the better, and both of them are conflicted in how they want to do that. It's I'm not going to review the show, and I'm sure by now everybody's been talking about Daredevil. And I, I wanted to do an episode about it, but then I thought to myself, by this point, anything that could be said about the show has already been said, and I haven't worked on it, so I can't give you any sort of inside information about, well, you know, they really wanted this guy for the role, but then they got this one instead. I don't know any of like the deep production notes. All I want to say is, I was expecting a show to be at least entertaining only because by sheer definition that Netflix usually gets away with a little bit more like an HBO than it is like an ABC or network television series. But I was not expecting it to be this good. Like I was in and I couldn't stop watching it. Like it was a whole day, like about 13 plus hours just gone out of my day. It blew me away. It was it was great. Everybody on board. There was very little of the show that I disliked. I just wanted more. Like I just knew in my in my heart of hearts I wanted more Daredevil. And as someone who's sort of a late bloomer with the character, like I really didn't become a Daredevil fan until fairly recently. Like I mean, I've read comics that he's in. I've read some of his comics and I've been like, "Okay, yeah, these are enjoyable, but I'm not like, yeah, Daredevil rock on, dude, with your blind ass." No, it's more of Alright, that was cool. I guess that's a thing. But the Mark Wade run, which I was kind of hoping would be the basis of this new show. Like, I thought maybe that run, because the Mark Wade stuff and the, the recent Daredevil, it has its dramatic parts, but it's a far more lighthearted, more adventure. It kind of harkens back to the early Daredevil, where he's a little bit more of a swashbuckling hero than he is the dark brooding, I can't see, justice is blind, you know, that kind of thing. But... I will say, the Netflix show took a lot of the tropes that I think befall darker serials and took it and really just made it its own. And everybody in the show, even Wilson, like, this show made you feel sorry for it. It almost made me root for Wilson Fisk. And it's like, it's, oh man, like, any show that can make you, you know, sympathetic towards its villain, to me, already wins, because a lot of times in both comics and in most stories, the antagonist is someone that, you know, the, the, the villain or whoever, like, the point is, you know, they're bad for the reason, maybe they're rich, but it's like, okay, that's clearly not, I mean, let's not get into a political discussion, but, you know, unfortunately, those with money aren't really aren't known for being, like, the, the nicest, I should say, but it's other than I wear big suits, I mean, I own a lot of stuff, and I intimidate people. Not really a villain. It's like, okay, what makes for that, you know, who makes, what makes, you know, the Kingpin such a bad person? What makes Daredevil such a good guy? And those lines are really blurred. But, you know what, that, that leads into a whole other discussion that maybe, I don't know all the ins and outs of, but it, it's just a fantastic, fantastic show. And I'm even now more excited for AKA Jessica Jones, which we should be getting at the end of this year. I don't know what that show's gonna be like, and part of me kind of hopes that 
each show doesn't become like a Daredevil clone in terms of let's see how dark this could be. I'm hoping that some of the other series will have their own style to them. And I'm pretty sure they are. Like, you know what? At this point, I trust Marvel. Like, I trust them with my... I have trust them with my unborn children. I was like, hey, Marvel. Um, hey, like, you know what? I just had this kid. You want to you watch him for a bit? I'm going to, you know... I feel like I could do that, and it's not weird. Like, I trust him to make a good movie. I trust him with a, a child who doesn't actually exist. That's how much I trust him at this point. So I know that they have a plan with this, so I'm not too worried. What I am worried about... There's two things. One, now that the show's a success, and every time something's a success, you know what happens. Everybody and their grandmother starts breaking their necks to get in on that action. That That's the one thing I'm worried of. Like, you know, because I'm sure someone else is going to try to get on. It's like, okay, can we get a deal with Netflix? No, who do we got? Hey, well, all right, let's make an AOL series about, I don't know, who's, who's a weird superhero? Um, damn, I don't know. Savage Dragon, there you go. I was like, we need a dark, gritty Savage Dragon TV series on put on AOL because you know the kids like Savage Dragon. Do they like Savage Dragon? I don't know. Does anyone really listen to read Savage Dragon anymore? Is he even around? No, I'm not disrespecting him. I just don't know if he's around. So, someone please tweet at me at Adrian has issues if I'm wrong about Savage Dragon. But point being is, you know, I I know for a fact that at some point everybody's gonna want to get in on this. And well, I mean, there is that Powers TV show on. I think it's um, PlayStation, or I, I know as a PlayStation Plus subscriber, um, I get the episodes for free, but I think otherwise you have to pay for it. But Sony has exclusive rights to Powers with Charlotte uh, Copley, and I tried to watch the first episode. I wasn't digging it, but that's only because I watched it right after Daredevil. Like, this is like the next day or next two days, and I'm still kind of, my head's still reeling about that, so at that point, I didn't even bother. I'm like, eh. But I, I made a joke on Twitter about Powers where I had said, um, the first episode would be a great drinking, it was something along the lines of Powers would make a great drinking game where you develop cirrhosis in the first episode because of the fact that they say that the word Powers so much, like, it, I felt like it was almost overly done and I said it as a joke but then like the Twitter account for the Powers TV show they're like oh um yeah you, you didn't know there's one that already exists there's a Powers drinking game so you know what now I'm gonna have to watch it maybe you might do a little um do a Powers drinking game <laughs> maybe I should do a podcast about that where I'll <laughs> I'll play the Powers drinking game and see if I don't die before the end of the first episode but yeah, I'm worried about, you know, too many clones are going to want to try to do what the Daredevil show did and then fail miserably. But I'm also worried about... Um, it, it's hard to say. Like, I, I'm worried that... Well, you know what? Maybe I'm not worried. It's, it's not really a worry. Maybe it's more of a hope. You know, I'll, I'll flip it around. It's more of a hope, actually, the second thing. Is I hope what Daredevil does... And I, what I hope it accomplishes is people now realize that there is a home for slightly more adult-oriented comic book fair. I don't want to say just superheroes, because let's, let's get it straight. There's more to comic books than just superheroes. They may be a big focus for some, but there's so many different other types of comics out there. But for a long time, there's a lot of great characters, been a lot of great... You know, a lot of great co characters or comics who could be easily adapted. But then the first thing you heard is, oh, that's too adult. No one's going to go for that. Because in this current realm, 
with Avengers or, you know, Batman or whatever. Everything's PG-13 because I guess they figured that's the way to get people into the theaters. They make it rated R. The studio figures, you know, that's restricting people and that's going to sell less tickets. A lot of times where movies have failed, is they're blamed on the ratings as if that's, you know, oh my gosh, this movie bombed and it was rated R. So clearly the rating was the issue. It's like, no, your movie just sucked. What they should do is, and I really hope that this will now, will go back to the, some of the earlier days. Like, I keep going back to Blade. When your first big comic book movie, Avengers, which actually starred a a black lead, which that rarely happens these days. It was rated R, which again, rarely happens these days. And it was dark, but not for the sake of just being dark. Like, I mean, it's a story about hunting vampires and those stories can usually get pretty crazy, but, and then you had, you know, the Punisher and regardless of what you feel about the Punisher or Blade, you can make movies or even TV shows about characters who don't fit the mold of your typical superhero like a Captain America or Thor and hopefully at this point it doesn't mean like just because it's adult doesn't mean it has to be like hyper violent but you could tell your stories differently you can you know tell it at a slower pace you can let things build it doesn't have to always be what it was and I, and I hope that over over time people realize that you know what you can make a r-rated comic book movie and yeah, some parents will somehow be upset because they feel that all comics are for kids. And, you know, we'll just tell them, what, like we always do, you know what, they're not, deal with it. In a way, I'm kind of hoping, at least in some regard, that Daredevil, um, not Daredevil, um, Deadpool does well. Because I know that one's supposed to be rated, what? I think it is rated R. Unless that changes for some reason, I know they are working to make that R-rated because, not that it couldn't work, but I don't see Deadpool being that character that can work on a PG-13 movie. It just can't. Now, will it get as gory as some of the later stuff? I'm pretty sure no, not without the uh, the MPAA going ape shit. But at, at this point, I hope it does well because it'll show that, hey, you know what? Maybe some of the older crowd can enjoy this stuff without some of the trappings of an all-ages affair. But again, it's all in fun. It's all in good fun. At least I hope. Because the one thing I've heard about Daredevil is it's like, oh, well, you know, Marvel does what DC's been doing this whole time and uh, no one's mad at them. Yeah, but that's one because they understood the fact that this character can be dark. They didn't decide to take every superhero they have and turn it into a Christopher Nolan drama fest. And I think that's kind of what bugs people about, certain people about, this new Batman, Superman, Dawn of Justice, because yeah, I've seen the trailer and I've even seen the HD non-Brazilian cell phone video version. And it's just, I get it. They're kind of, they kind of took that thing that we've all been saying about Man of Steel where this guy leveled a whole fucking city to fight one guy and people are afraid of him. Like, okay, because I'd imagine in real life, if someone swooped down from this guy wearing this suit and while he may be saving people, someone with that much power left unchecked, is worrisome for a lot of people. I get it. What I don't get is why Superman needs to be this conflicted. I don't know. As much as I don't like Superman as a general as a general rule of my personal rule, I, I kind of don't mind him being corny. I don't mind him being very much like antiquated. I don't mind. You know, I, I like my Superman to be something along the lines of George and Christopher Reeves or even like the Lego Superman, you know, the square jawed, hi, citizen, you know, that, that kind of thing. I don't mind that. 
because I feel like that's what he kind of needs to be. He kind of really does need to be that beacon of hope, even in this you know, cynical world that we live in now. Let the brooding, let Batman do all the brooding. That's kind of his point. But this, I watched that trailer and it's just, everything just felt just so, so joyless. I'm like, there was no moment that kind of made me cheer. And yes, I, you know, I understand that a lot of it harkens back to The Dark Knight Returns, which was a great graphic novel by Frank Miller. If you never read it, I mean, I'm not sure how that holds up to some who maybe weren't from the era, but it was pretty good from what I remember. But that's just the thing, though. Like, it's only, you know, that, that one image, of course, of Batman and Superman staring each other down, you know, it calls back to, that's the only reason why I feel like there's any excitement at all is because it calls back to something we've already seen. And yes, everybody wants to see them on screen together. Again, that's not a problem, but there, it, this, this teaser and what I've seen of it just seems so joyless. And yes, you want to have your movie about two heroes going back and forth great that's fine because again we're getting that in civil war but it can't be so dark to the point where it's off-putting and it's like i get no happiness out of it and people are like well daredevil did it and i'm just kind of like well yeah daredevil was dark it was bloody but there was still some a lot of lighthearted moments to it like it you know yeah it got dark but it didn't steep so much to the darkness that there was no joy even when Daredevil, and of course, there's, this is all spoilers, mind you, when Daredevil's getting patched up by Night Nurse, there's still, like, you know, some witty retort back and forth. When Foggy finds out that Matt Murdock is Daredevil, or, I'm sorry, he's not even Daredevil at this point, he's still the man in the mask. When he finds out, as completely as upset as he is, there's still some funny bits of dialogue in that. Like, yeah, it gets it's dark, but not to the point where... It becomes, like, it's almost painful to watch. And that's the thing that I think people don't understand. Of why a person like me maybe can't really get into the Batman vs. Superman. I'm like, you're people with superpowers. And yeah, it might suck to live in this world where people don't like you. I mean, shoot, that's the estimate about that. But is it so bad that we can't celebrate it a little bit? And maybe that's kind of the point of this movie, and maybe the Justice League will be the complete opposite of that, and maybe it'll be kind of like, they will kind of be up with heroes a little bit, but it's just so damn sad. Like, damn, lighten up, be happy. Shit, you got superpowers, Superman. You can look through walls. You have x vision, freeze breath, and you got powers that don't even make sense. Whatever. Celebrate that shit, man. Treat yourself. <laughs> but that's it. And, you know, I'll, I'll stop rambling. But there's some other trailers that came out. Oh, shit. How did I? I'm sorry. I can't leave yet. I'm going to say this. And I'm just going to try to leave it at that. Maybe I'll save it for another episode. But holy crap in it, PETA, Star Wars. Episode 7, The Force Awakens. There's a lot going on in that trailer. And, again, I'm not going to go through it all. Only because I'm sure every article on the thing piece and blog has torn each screenshot apart piece by piece all i wanted all i know is that seeing harrison ford and chewbacca next to each other it's just like i got up and cheered when i saw that trailer of course i got up and realized i was hurting myself because well you know torn meniscus but it just it just i guess maybe that's why batman versus superman seems so sad to me because i remember cheering and being all giddy and not even just for the nostalgia factor of seeing Han and Chewie together. And just that trailer, like, everything just looks so just fun. You know, it's just, don't get me wrong, I love my drama, I love my drama. Especially, of course, in, you know, stories, but 
sometimes I, you know, you just kind of want to have a good time. And even Daredevil, like I said, as bloody as it was, it was a good time. Star Wars seems like a good time. Hell, even Jurassic World, which might be one of the most terrible premises I've ever heard, still looks like it could be fun. It's Chris Pratt and a Raptor Squad. Like you, you know that that's got to be worth something. It looks like perfect summer fair. So you know maybe that might change once the the caffeine I've been drinking wears off. But there's just something about having a good time, and there's just something about Star Wars that just did it. That just I was on board. Like I I got the feel that Abrams and whoever made this movie they had fun doing it, and everything coming out of Star Wars Celebration, the leads, you know. Everybody just talking about this new chapter in the Star Wars saga. Everything just seems like they're really having a good time. And I think that's really going to show in this new series. So if if I'm saying anything, if I'm saying anything at all, it's that this stuff should be fun. And I hope for fans of Batman vs. Superman, I hope that they can enjoy that movie. Because like I said, it just seems so lifeless. But you can have some fun dancing in the dark, whatever the hell. Oh, that was strangely poetic. And kind of, kind of, oh, that was dumb. Oof. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, maybe I should just end the episode, but yeah, that'll do it for another mini episode. I'm Adrian. Um, oh, God. Sorry, guys. Oh, you know what? I, I'm sorry. Did that, oof. You know, I'm not going to let that, you know what? I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to let this episode end with that terrible line. Um, actually, one last thing before we go. I've started to make plans for some of the conventions coming up um in june and while i'm i don't want to get into all of them i will say though that yours truly will be at special edition nyc this june um it's at pier shoot i forget where it is but it's in new york um it's if you haven't heard it's kind of like a smaller version of new york comic con it's run by the same company but it's kind of less about the entertainment of geek culture as it is kind of strictly comics. And if you've never been, it's a it's a smaller and more intimate show. It's a really good time. I think you'll dig it. But I will be there, and I'm going to be hitting up some other shows uh, this summer. But again, I'll talk to you about those as they become more concrete. But anyway, I feel better about that. I'm glad in the nice stupid line because that would have really killed my own mood. But, well... It's time to go. I will see you next issue.